Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 429. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to maintain sudden wealth. And this is such a fun topic because it's something that I think people need to think about and whether you have money coming to you or whether you don't, it's a good exercise for everybody to go through. And when I talk about sudden wealth, I mean, money can come to you in ways that you're not expecting. You might be the recipient of an inheritance. You might be the winner of a large lawsuit you might sell a valuable asset. You might win the lottery. That's everybody's fantasy, right? Winning the lottery. And I talk about that in my book. You might be the seller of a business or the recipient of your family business being sold. You could be getting divorced and splitting up a very large estate. So there's all kinds of reasons why you might come into money unexpectedly but it's a good exercise to go through to think about what you would do with that money because usually people immediately start fantasizing about how they would spend the money. You might know exactly what you want to spend your money on because you have a vision board and you have all these things on your vision board or you've always dreamt about owning a home in Hawaii or on the beach or a a ski lodge up in the mountains. There are things that everybody holds in their heart that someday they aspire to and they wish they had or they've admired that someone else has. Whatever those things are, those are the fun things that get our imagination going and get you really inspired to wanna work harder and reach for something that's outside of your grasp. So normally when I talk about sudden wealth, People think about winning the lottery and they think about all the things they would spend the money on. I would buy this, I would buy that, I would buy this, I would buy that. I would give money to this person, I would help that person out or this organization out. It's not always about things for themselves. A lot of times people are very generous in thinking about how they wanna help others. But there is one problem with that. And the problem is that all of those things that I've mentioned are things that are going to cost you money. They're things that are going to take the money out of your bank account and not put money back in your bank account. They're all things that are a one-way direction that they're going out, they're outwardly going. And the mistake that people are making is they're not thinking about how to make that money come back into their bank account. So the problem that people have is they get the money and they think about how to get rid of the money, so to speak, because they're thinking about all that one-way directional spending that they wanna do or gifting or donating that they wanna do. But they really need to be thinking about how to replenish the money. And that's where people get messed up. And that's why 70% of people who inherit sudden wealth 
are broke within a few years. Usually it's within about five years. All of that inheritance, all of that lottery money, whatever it is, it's gone. And that's the sad truth. And not only that, but we've seen people with massive inheritances who have even gotten leveraged and then have had to declare bankruptcy because not only did they lose everything that they had that was sudden wealth, but they leveraged it, borrowed more, and then lost that too and had to declare bankruptcy. Recently, I did a podcast about a woman who inherited a billion dollars in a divorce settlement, and she's literally on the edge of bankruptcy because she has uncontrollable spending. And she didn't really do anything to directly make the money. She might have supported her husband in the making of the money. He was an art dealer. She might have been very supportive in, in his business. Who, know, who knows? But I don't think she was directly involved in the business. And she definitely didn't understand how to replicate that money or how to invest that money and grow the money. So a billion dollars she spent frivolously and is basically broke. And I believe she's in her late 60s. So probably has another 20 years or so to live and is going to be broke. That's because it's that one way direction that she was doing. It's the outflow. She wasn't thinking about how to get the money to inflow. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because that's how you're going to maintain your wealth is by thinking about how you're going to regenerate the wealth, how you're going to get money to come back in to your accounts. There was a recent article in Investors Business Daily written by Maury Stetner, and Maury quoted a certified financial planner named Joe Weirbick, who said, the family dynamic changes. The kids act differently. Their friends act differently. It can get ugly. Over a decade ago, he worked with a client who won the lottery. The client used some of the money to build his sister a house. Everything started off amicably, but the sister kept expanding the square footage well beyond what they originally agreed. As the construction costs soared, Werbeck's client pulled the plug. This led to a feud and the siblings stopped speaking to each other. Well, that is altogether too familiar of a story. And what can happen if the family gets involved in the money coming to one person is they start to feel like it's their money too. And so they start to feel like they can spend it as well. And so we're going to talk about how to prevent that from happening as well. Let's say that you are really excited about your newfound wealth and you want to go buy three homes and you buy a ranch and you buy a place in the sunshine and you buy a ski place. You may just be buying whatever it is that you like and not really thinking about the resale value of that kind of an asset. And that can cause some problems as well. Right here in the Palm Desert area, there's a famous film producer who built a multi-million dollar beautiful home and he had lots of actors and actresses come and visit him there and party with him. And it's a beautiful home that looks out over the valley. It's up on the hill and just incredibly modern and really interesting architecture. Well, 
unfortunately, the film producer died and they're trying to sell the house so that his kids can inherit the money. And they have just tried to reduce the price and reduce the price and reduce the price. I think originally it started around 15 million, then it went to 12, then it went to 10. Then they got an offer at 9 million, the sale failed, and it's still on the market for $9 million a few years later. So these things can take years to sell if you're buying high, high ticket properties. They can literally take two, three, sometimes five years to sell multi-million dollar properties. And that's something that maybe you didn't think of when you were buying the property either. You bought this great trophy property, you thought it was beautiful, you wanted all the square footage and all the fun bells and whistles, and then you decided it was too big for you or your circumstances changed or you wanted to simplify your life or whatever, for whatever reason you decide to sell. Well, maybe you weren't thinking about that house really as an investment in the first place in terms of something that would grow in value. And so depending where we are in the cycle, you may be at the beginning of the cycle, you may be in the middle of the cycle, you may be at the end of the cycle. If we're at the end of the cycle, which I tend to think we're closer to the end of the cycle now with interest rates rising, it can be a little bit more challenging to sell a large property. It can be something that as interest rates go up, it might make some prices go down. Although a lot of those multi-million dollar properties, people pay cash and they don't take loans anyway. So sometimes the interest rate isn't an issue. But nonetheless, you wanna pay some attention to where you are in the cycle and how easy that is going to be to resell. Right now, I know there's multi-million dollar apartments and condominiums in New York that used to sell in about three months that are taking a year or more on average to sell. So again, prices are being reduced on those big price tag properties and they're just not appreciating like they once were. So you have to consider information about the cycle when you buy it and how you're someday going to liquidate that and get your money back, or if you can get your money back. One concept that I want you to think about is the fact that when you're spending principal, when you're spending the amount of your inheritance, you're actually ending having that money to spend. So in other words, it might sound like a lot of money if you inherit $10 million. You might think that is so much money, but it's very, very easy to spend $10 million. It's easy to spend it on multiple homes and multiple cars and clothing and jewelry and giving gifts and paying for college and donating to charity and giving some to all your family members. Pretty soon, you've depleted that $10 million by quite a bit. So I have a saying that is in regard to sudden wealth. And that saying is, if you spend it, you end it. Meaning, if you spend your principal, you've ended the ability for that principal to regenerate wealth for you. And what you wanna think about is how to start having that principal that you inherited create more money for you, create income streams for you, and have it replenish itself so that the 10 million that you inherit, you keep and you add to it rather than thinking about the 10 million going away because you're spending it on that one-way ticket out the door. So I want you to think about the replenishing part of the money. 
let's get to my seven points about how to maintain your sudden wealth. The first thing you wanna do is pay any taxes that are due. A lot of times there will be something coming to you and there is tax due. In some cases there may not be tax due, but in a lot of cases there are taxes due. So whatever your situation is, make sure it's net of taxes. In the case of the lottery, you can take an income stream from the lot winning the lottery, or you can take a lump sum once the government nets out the taxes. So a lot of people choose to take the lump sum less the tax. Number two, take time to relax and think about what you wanna do. In this Investor's Business Daily article, Michelle Maton, a Chicago-based certified financial planner, cites a client who sold a painting for vastly more than she paid decades earlier. Maton posed a series of questions such as, what have you always wanted to do? And who will this impact? That clarifies their values, Matan said. It uncovers what's really important to them. Say their family is really important. They have a choice of buying a fancy car or taking the family on a big vacation every year. So it's very important to take time and relax. I think you should just pause right after getting the sudden wealth. Just take some time out. Don't be in a hurry to rush out and go spend things because that's what most people do. They're just in a rush to go out and buy this and buy that and go crazy. So rather than that, do the opposite. Take some time to relax. I always say, go get a massage, go pamper yourself, do something that is really relaxing and that can help you take some time and think. Number three, you want to keep quiet about your newfound wealth. And this is something that's hard to do. Sometimes people wanna tell their kids or tell their parents or tell their friends or their neighbors and tell everybody about their newfound wealth. But that's a huge mistake because lots of people want to get their hands on that sudden wealth. And as the example I gave earlier with the sister who was spending the money that wasn't hers, it can happen that way that people think, oh, what's theirs is mine, and they can start to spend your money. So you wanna be really quiet about it. Again, back to the Investor's Business Daily article, there's a quote that says, I've seen too many people give away their money to their kids or their grandkids, and 15 or 20 years later, they may not have enough for themselves, Weirbeck said. Yes, so that can happen. You're giving money away and then guess what? You have none left for you. So keep quiet about your wealth. There's nothing wrong or dishonest about keeping quiet about it. In fact, it's a very, very smart and savvy thing to do. Number four, you do want to assemble a team. And by a team, I mean it's good to have a financial advisor, an accountant, and an attorney. With your attorney, you're going to want to make some plans for passing on your wealth should something happen to you. What if you got hit by a bus tomorrow? You may have a situation with estate taxes that would be a lot larger than if you had planned for it properly and could have minimized those taxes in transfer of wealth. So you want to get your attorney to help you, you want to get the proper ownership of certain assets. Maybe you not, you might need a trust to put your house in, for example, for various reasons. I'm not gonna go into it here because it does depend on what state you live in, what your laws are, 
what your particular situation is, etc. So get a good financial advisor, an accountant, and an attorney together and talk with them about your sudden wealth. And they will have suggestions for you of what you'll need to do right away, I'm sure. Number five, as I mentioned before, you wanna change your mindset. You wanna change from thinking about spending your 10 million, for example, to generating an income stream that's gonna replenish that money. So what you can generate an income, let's say in a bond portfolio, you have to look at where are interest rates right now. So if interest rates were somewhere between three to 5% on different investments, let's say that $10 million invested at 5% would generate $500,000 in income. And whether that was taxable or not would depend on what you invested in. But here's the thing. Realize that if you're spending more than half a million dollars a year, you're actually cutting into your principal. So you want to be able to replenish your money and think about not spending millions and millions of dollars right out the door as soon as you've gotten this inheritance or this lottery win because you won't be able to replenish it that fast. So think about it in terms of what's the income stream I could generate. That's gonna be somewhere between $300,000 to $500,000 a year. Number six, you wanna develop a plan for what you want to accomplish. What is it that you want your money to do for you? Do you want to live rich right now? Or do you wanna pass on your money and make it generational wealth? Do you wanna pay for college for your kids or grandkids or nephews and nieces? Do you want to travel? Do you want multiple homes? What are those things that you want to do with your wealth? So develop that plan that's going to provide some sort of guidance for what you want to do with that money. Back to the Investor's Business Daily article, it says, the first thing we say to a client is, don't do anything until we develop a plan for what the money would be used for, said Ryan Dennehy, an advisor in San Ramon, California. There's no rush. The worst case is to lose it in a casino right away. From his experience with two children who hit the jackpot, one in the lottery and the other in a lawsuit award, Dennehy prioritizes debt avoidance. He cautions clients to resist the temptation to finance their high ticket purchases. You can buy so much more if you finance it out, but that's what gets people in trouble, he said. For newly rich clients, he recommends that they spend $1 million in cash to purchase a home outright, then buy five $1 million properties, paying a total of $1 million and borrowing the rest. Those mortgages stack on top of each other, he said. People can get themselves into financial trouble more quickly than they can get out of it. And that's very true and something that you don't want to be going out and leveraging your wealth into a bigger amount that can collapse. And number seven, move slowly. As I said, you wanna consider cycles, you wanna put yourself in a good position so that you can make the right decisions to keep that wealth and to regenerate the wealth so that you haven't gotten rid of it, but you've had money regenerated and money come back into you. So think about moving slowly, think about regenerating the money 
Don't think about the one-way street out of your bank account or out of your net worth. Think of regenerating, replenishing, and how to invest so that it keeps growing more. So that that $10 million that you inherited becomes 11, 12, 15 million, rather than the 10 million becoming seven, five, three, two, one, zero, right? Because that's how it's going for most people that inherit that money. So you want to really think about replenishing, really think about investing and growing the money. And that's where your financial advisors will come in and will help you do that. They will help you get the money growing to a larger position, but you're going to have to make investment decisions with them. You're going to have to decide where you're gonna put that to replenish it. And so you will have some joint decisions to make, but they'll be there to help you and to explain the risk to you. And there's no need to take huge risk. It's more about protecting what you have and replenishing what you have and increasing what you have without taking too much additional risk. Doing those things are going to help you keep and grow your sudden wealth. If you want to listen to a past episode I did on how to get and keep sudden wealth, you can listen to podcast number 75, which is on my website at lindapjones.com. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button. I'd be honored to have you as a subscriber, and that way you're updated as soon as new podcasts are available. If you haven't gotten your wealth tips over at instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones, I'm giving these really fun and valuable wealth tips, stories, quotes, and other information every single day. So go on over to Instagram and pick it up at Linda P. Jones. And if you haven't yet reviewed the show, I would love to have your review. It means a lot to me and it helps other people find the show. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.